There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed. Song of the redeemed. Thank you for tuning in again this week to the podcast, and we want to thank each of you that listen, those of you that subscribe. Many of you I know listen each day, and we certainly are thankful for you. Again, hey, would you tell somebody about this podcast? We're going to deal with something today uh, that deals with current affairs, if you will. If we don't get that in today, we'll certainly try to get that in tomorrow. We want to be a comfort, and we want to be a help to folks today. We also want to be edifying, but we also don't want to miss the ministry of rebuke, to reprove, and exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. That's the command that God has given each preacher uh, that's preaching the gospel, even in this day. And so today we're going to look at Psalm 17 once again. We dealt with the heart uh, last week late, and then we dealt with uh, God pr- proving the heart, and then we dealt also with God trying me. And so we have an understanding of the Word of God concerning these things. And in verse 1 of Psalm 17, a prayer of David, Hear the right, O Lord, attend unto my cry, give ear unto my prayer that goeth not out of feigned lips. So again, he's praying from the heart. This is something real. This is something sincere. This is something with all integrity. Let my sentence come forth from thy presence. Let thine eyes behold the things that are equal. Thou hast proved mine heart. Thou hast visited me in the night. Thou hast tried me and shalt find nothing. I am purposed that my mouth shall not transgress. And then he says, concerning the works of men, by the word of thy lips, I have kept me from the paths of the destroyer. Now, we know many things according to the word of God just by looking at the words that are said. But here's what the Word of God says in Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart. And again, that's a great passage on the heart. is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Years ago in West Virginia, I preached on your cheating heart. And uh, I guess I offended some folks there. I didn't realize right down the road is where Hank Williams Sr. had um, died in the backseat of his Cadillac. And I didn't realize that. And I'm preaching on your cheating heart. Folks are real sensitive about that. And that area, people still go by it. To see the bridge where Hank Williams Sr. passed away in the back seat of his car, died a drunkard's death. And uh, you're cheating heart. He said, I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doing. So, and so the Word of God says he searches the heart and then try the reins. And we've talked about that on this podcast. The reins of that inward, the reins of the soul, the reins of the internal, the things we cannot see. Literally, that word is translated the kidneys. We see that in the altar, the burnt offering, the peace offering. We see the fat and the fat above the liver, the call above the liver. And the kidneys are taken in a, to a separate place and offered. And we realize that's a picture of the soul. That's a picture of the soul being taken and offered in a separate place. We don't just preach the picture. We don't just preach the type. But rather, we do make an illustration that we can understand that today. The Lord is searching our hearts. The Lord is trying our soul, if you will. 
But then in Matthew, the Sadducees have been uh, tempting Jesus Christ. They've been finally put to silence, and the Pharisees realize this. And so a lawyer among them stands and asks Jesus Christ this, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. So what Jesus Christ does is he's going to add what we're going to read here in just a moment in Deuteronomy, and he's going to add the mind to those things. For in Deuteronomy, the word of God told us this, speaking of the commandment of the Lord and the commandment of the Lord would circumcise the heart in Deuteronomy 30 and verse 6, and the Lord thy God will circumcise thine heart, the cutting away the deadness of the flesh of the heart. It's not so much in the outward circumcision as is the inward circumcision. God is concerned about the inside of man, and he wants to circumcise the heart, the heart of thy seed, to love the Lord thy God with all thine heart. So why does God circumcise the heart? To love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul that thou mayest live. And then Jesus Christ, when he speaks, he adds the word mind to that. It's our way of thinking. It's our pattern of thought. Each of us have a different mind. That's why he said, let this mind be in you, which is in Christ Jesus. Why? Because my thinking is different than your thinking. I have different situations in life. I've been different places in life. I've had different education. I've had different upbringing. I had different culture I was raised in. Let me just say this real quick about culture. People that cling to their culture, the only thing good about a culture is found in a Petri dish. Amen. And a lot of folks just cling to a culture. And they say, this is our culture. This is who we are. This is what we are. But yet God saves men. And I want you to listen closely. God saves men from their culture. God will save them out of their culture. You'll no longer be in the ghetto culture. You'll no longer be a gangbanger. You'll no longer be a surf boy. You'll no longer be a, the Harley Davidson club. No longer be a redneck from the sticks. No longer be a, a metropolitan city slicker. Why? Because God saves you out of that culture. God changes the person that you are, and now you're found in Christ Jesus. Now you have a new title. It's a child of God. Heirs, joint heirs with Jesus Christ, the sons of God. And so God saves you out of that. But to do that, he has to change your thinking. That's why they accept you repent. You'll all likewise perish. John came in the wilderness preaching the doctrine of repentance. And when he preached to those Jews that they needed to repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, Jesus Christ comes on behind and adds to what Deuteronomy has said. Those of the circumcision would learn to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul. Jesus Christ said the greatest commandment is to love it with the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul and with all of thy mind. And so the Lord proves the heart. He visits in the night. He has tried me and found nothing. But I want to edify us today. I want to say to the church today, to God's people today, to those listening to the podcast today, God is also very concerned about your mind and your way of thinking. Uh, the, somebody recently had shared some things with me concerning the mind. And I expounded to them the way of God, I believe, more perfectly concerning the mind. This is something I had sent a few men just today that God had laid on me. And I said, well, I feel like I need to talk about this on the podcast. In verse 18 of 1 Samuel chapter 9, the word of God says in verse 18, Then Saul drew near to Samuel in the gate and said, Tell me, I pray thee, where the seer's house is. And Samuel answered Saul and said, I am the seer. 
Go up before me into the high place, for ye shall eat with me today, and tomorrow I will let thee go, and will tell thee all that is in thine heart. That's the man of God, Samuel. And God is going to tell him all that's in Saul's heart. He's going to reveal his heart. Why, God is going to search his heart. And he's not going to reveal to thee or tell thee all that is in thine heart. But then he goes on, it says in verse 20, As for thine asses that were lost three days ago, set not thy mind on them, for they are found. And on whom is all the desire of Israel is not on thee and all thy father's house. And so the word of God comes to Saul. And the word of God comes to him through the seer, which was a prophet, Samuel. For those days, they were called seers. And he espoused him the way of God more perfectly. And he tells him, don't set thy mind on the temporal. Don't set thy mind on thine asses that thou hast lost, for they are found. But no, keep your mind on the Lord. Keep your mind on what God has called you to. That's why Paul challenged young Timothy. He said, no man that in warreth entangleth himself in the affairs of this life. What he said in the verse before that, thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. We don't entangle ourselves in the affair of this life. Why? Because we're going to labor for the Lord. We're going to work for the Lord. We're going to satisfy Jesus Christ. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. And then I saw in 1 Samuel chapter 10 that Samuel took a vial of oil and poured it upon his head and kissed him. And said, is it not because the Lord hath anointed thee to be captain over his inheritance? When thou art departed from me today, then thou shalt find two men by Rachel's sepulcher in the boredom of Benjamin at Zelzah. And they will say unto thee, the asses which thou wentest to seek are found. And lo, thy father hath left the care of the asses and sorroweth for you, saying, what shall I do for my son? The Lord has taken care of the physical need. The Lord has taken care of the temporal need. The Lord has met Saul's need, and Samuel the seer tells him, don't you worry about those temporary things, those small things. Can I say on this wise, those minor things? No, you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Why? God's going to add all of these things unto you. That's what the word of God told us. Samuel had also learned this lesson. He says in 1 Samuel 16, when he goes to anoint David, when Saul has rejected God, God rejected Saul from being king. In verse 7 of 1 Samuel 16, I start at verse 6, And it came to pass, and they were come, that he looked on Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. And so the Lord is trying to reveal the hearts of men. If men's minds change concerning God, it will reflect in the heart. It will reflect not just in the thinking of their mind, but in the thinking of their heart. Men will then turn to God when they repent. They will believe God. And they will begin to walk in the ways of God. And then God begins the searching of the heart. God begins to try their reins. God begins to examine them in his light. He gives them the mind of Christ. He gives them a new heart. He saves their soul. And so all of these things take place and accompany salvation. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 23. If therefore the whole church be come together into one place and all speak with tongues, and there come in those that are unlearned or unbelievers, will they not say that you are mad? 
But if all prophesy, and there come in one that believeth not, or one unlearned, he is convinced of all, he is judged of all, and thus are the secrets of his heart made manifest. And so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is in you of a truth. And again, we do prophesy today. There's no private prophecy. Uh, there's no private interpretation of God's prophecy. There's no new prophecy. How do we prophesy today? We take the word of God and we speak of those things which are to come. We speak of those mysteries which are to come. The mystery of iniquity doth already work. The mystery, amen, he's not revealed, he'll show unto you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. The mystery that's revealed in the imminent return of Jesus Christ in the air. And so, those mysteries are given to the steward. The steward holds those mysteries. The steward labors over those mysteries. He teaches people those mysteries. He speaks in prophecy, prophesying of that which is to come. But he does that through the word of God. And so if we'll take the word of God and speak of those things which are to come, the word of God said if one come in as an unbeliever, the secrets of his heart are made manifest. And so God reveals the secrets of his heart through the preaching of the word of God. And what he does then is he'll fall down on his face. He will worship God and report that God is in you of a truth. Again, how does this take place? Because God has changed his thinking. He learns to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, and with all thy soul. And so therefore he's given to God. He's given himself to the Lord. He believes Jesus Christ. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. And so he says, I am purposed in verse 3 of Psalm 17 that my mouth shall not transgress. Why? This is Jesus Christ. He believes God. His heart is God's heart. His soul is God's soul. His ways are God's ways. His mouth has not transgressed. In fact, his mouth was a lamb before his shears was dumb. Before, As a lamb before her shears is dumb, yet he openeth not his mouth. What a wonderful promise. What a precious promise. And so the Lord Jesus Christ, and this is who David is speaking of in prophecy here, He's speaking of the heart of Jesus Christ. He's speaking of the inward parts of Jesus Christ. He that knew no sin. And he said, I am purposed that my mouth shall not transgress. He set his face like a flint. He opened out his mouth. When he stood in judgment, he said, thou sayest. He did not defend himself as a man of meekness. He let them accuse him without defending himself. Why? He was the meekest of all. Why? He was God in flesh. When it came time to die, they let him nail him to that cross. And there he hung on the cross, and he bled, and he died. And there on the cross, he said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from hearing me? And he bowed his head, and he gave up the ghost. That's our Lord. That's our Savior, Jesus Christ. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. I pray this has been edifying. I pray this has been a help to you today. We'll continue on then, Lord willing, in verse 4 of Psalm 17 tomorrow. There's a lost soul who's tired of his sinning, 
and he longs to return to the Lord as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing For the prodigal child has come home And the saints all with gladness are singing The 